Welcome to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez of Lopez Research, and I'm joined with my co-host, Joe Peterson of Clarify 360. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Elevate the Edge is published bi-weekly. The podcast focuses on helping companies understand what edge computing is, how the market will evolve, and what you need to know to build successful edge computing strategies. Show notes and subscription links can be found at elevatetheedge.com slash episodes. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez and I'm joined here with my ever lovely host, Joe Peterson. Hey, Joe. Hey, Miss Maribel. All right. And we are here today with David Dobson. He leads the global retail, hospitality, and consumer goods industry strategy at Intel. And he's coming to us from the UK. Hey, David. Hey, Marvel. Hi, Joe. Nice to meet you. And thanks for inviting me to the podcast. Thanks for being Thank here. you. So David has been with Intel for more than seven years. Prior to his time at Intel, David spent over eight years at Microsoft working in retail, hospitality, wholesale distribution industries around the world. So a deep bench of expertise in a lot of the industries that are very edge heavy. And today we're going to be talking about the value of AI at the edge. So David, from the data we're seeing with the use of AI, it's dramatically increasing in the enterprise, particularly in certain verticals, the ones that you're familiar with in particular, uh, retail, banking, hospitality. We've seen growth rate numbers that go anywhere from 10 to 30, maybe even higher in terms of adoption of AI in those fields over the next five years. So as you're chatting with customers, what are you hearing and seeing in these sectors that you think we should be aware of? Yeah, I, I know we'll get into uh, more details later, but um, you know, I, I think I'll start by saying this is the number one conversation uh, we're having with our customers. I think they're past um, the stage of you know what is AI, and they understand the technology, but really most of the conversations we're having today is around well, how can we best leverage, how can we best use this technology to drive our business? And in that area, I think what's making it difficult for a lot of these businesses is they require multidisciplinary teams, right? So it's not just about some technologists that can sit down and, and magically just come up with um, a great solution for a particular problem. You, know, you need people who understand the problem domain that you're looking at. So, you know, in retailers, that's maybe people who understand deeply what your supply chain looks like or deeply how your store operations look like. Or in banking space, it could be people who really understand fraud and risk uh, type calculations. So you need those deep domain experts. You obviously need the people who understand the artificial intelligence technology. And then you need the people from the operations side who can operationalize uh, some of the work that you do. So it's kind of a multidisciplinary um, um a problem that they're trying to fix and really how to bring those teams together and how to use this technology to apply it to some key business areas is really the big conversation that, that we have um, with many of these, these businesses today. So David, let's double click on that a bit and talk about the use of AI in the banking industry. Uh, as you noted, most financial services institutions have been using at least certain of aspects certain aspects of AI for things such as fraud detection and 
really many of these financial institutions believe that AI will be pivotal to their success in the next few years. So we're seeing uh, companies look to automate critical business processes such as risk management. We talked about fraud prevention. Uh, There's also customer experience examples that we're looking at, such as chatbots and intelligent recommender systems for retail banks. Uh, From where you sit, what are, you know, what applications are powered by AI that, you know, banks are thinking about today? Or where do you see AI going in the banking industry? So I think, you know, as our focus for today's conversation is going to be more at the edge, I, I think I'd under, double underline that, you know, the security risk management areas, it's pivotal to the success of banks. You know, if they're going to loan money to people, they've got to assess that risk. If they're handling people's money, it's got to be secure. So so they've been looking at the use of AI in those spaces, mostly at the enterprise level for many years now. And, and probably most people who are familiar with this area have probably read one or two examples about how banks um, are leveraging this technology at scale in those kind of big enterprise workloads. I think at the edge, you know, we work with a lot of partners around things like ATMs, automated telemachines, kiosks, digital signage solutions, all of which are providing either self-service type um, solutions or information feed solutions or interactive uh, systems that people can um, that, that can interact with, typically across touch screens or through those tiny little keyboards where you enter your PIN number, et cetera. Um, in that space, I think there's two main areas that we're seeing um, uh, banks uh, invest in. One is, and I think you mentioned it a little bit, uh, chatbots. You know, can we bring AI um, to uh, address a, a more uh, more natural language way of interacting, um, especially in the kiosks or in the self-service space? Um, it, it kind of happens online now where, you know, you're on a site, you start to click a few uh, different pages and then up pops a little chat button and says, hey, can I help you? And you can start to have a dialogue. In the kiosk world, that dialogue may well be uh, through a voice uh, type interaction. And so people are experimenting with that in that self-service space, and that's definitely, you know, significant use of AI. And then the other area is actually, uh, it's kind of, it's not as exciting as chatbots and cool stuff like security and risk assessment, but it's around preventative maintenance. You know, as you're automating a lot of these systems, you want to make sure that they're up, that they're working, that they're always available for people. And so using um, AI technology to uh, predict when uh, these devices are going to fail to ensure that you're maintaining them in the right way. I mean, not there's nothing worse than, and you see it less and less these days, but nothing worse than walking into a screen and seeing, you know, a blue screen with a <laughs> message across it instead of an advert telling you about the latest you know, product that the, the company is trying to um, interact with you with. So that preventative maintenance or going to an ATM machine to get some cash and finding it's out of cash or it's got no um It's just not operating today, and it's 10 p.m. on a Saturday evening. So all those frustrations, um, preventative maintenance has got a real role to play in that. Not just around that technology, by the way, also in in the pure operations, you know, the heating systems, the lighting systems in these remote locations is another area where people are are looking at uh, the use of AI to predict and to to manage those uh, fixed installations. So in 
Believe it or not, David, it looks like banks and retail might have something in common in that they have they both have tasks that are not too exciting, but that AI can help with. You just mentioned that in the banking space, preventive maintenance is an important uh, area where AI can help with things. And in retail, inventory management isn't exciting, but helping with that is also important. It's it's a known entity and something that is an operational task that needs to be maybe handled better or more quickly. And if AI can help there, I'm sure it's it's going to be a needed piece. But generally, retail is focused on better experiences, right? And if we look at AI right now in the retail space, at least we're seeing it used in CRM software to automate things like marketing activities, predictive analytics, um, identifying you know what things customers are going to buy. What are some of the other things that we're missing or that you, you guys are seeing folks use AI in retail for? You know, it, it, these are such hard questions, only in that you can almost say AI can help you almost anywhere in your business, right? And uh, I know it's kind of a trope, but it probably is true. Um, we and, and you're right to say retail and banking and the other industries we'll talk about in hospitality. You know, one of the things we're starting to refer to these industries as internally as consumer industries. So they all directly interact and interface with, with consumers. In the case of retail, it's shoppers. Um, and as you say, understanding those shoppers, what their behavior is, how best to serve them with products and your services is the most critical thing for a retailer to be successful. So understanding that shopper um, in whatever mode that the retailer is working in, and, and you know this, Joe, that there's so many different retailers, whether it's a Walmart that's dealing with uh, tens of millions of customers every single day, or if it's um, you know an LVMH luxury brand uh, type customer where the customers are less frequent but the interactions that you have with those customers can be more important from a store staff perspective. So we talk about things like experiential retail, curated retail, and we talk about frictionless retail more with the likes of um, uh, the Walmarts of the world. And AI has can help and assist in all of those types of interactions. In the experiential retail, it can help the store person uh, guide them through information about the, the shopper that can help them create a better interaction to create a better um, pros- prospect of, of um, fulfilling the shopper's uh, requirements or needs. So that could be, uh, we've called it clienteling in the past. It could be solutions that provide information about previous purchases. The stuff that you kind of get online that in the store experience or in the per- in-person experience is more difficult to get hold of, but that AI um, technology can really help with those those things. Um, on the frictionless, you know, if I just want to go in, I just want to buy my five things and get out. Well, how can I optimize that store environment so that I can just do that, right? I can do it in the easiest way in my preferred retailer, um, in the way I want to shop with them. Um, because one of the biggest challenges for retailers is how can they bring people back to the store? Because that's the most profitable way for them to um, interact and, and serve the customer. And so there's a lot of use of AI um, in terms of understanding that customer behavior in the store and being able to operate the store in a way that's most efficient for you as a retailer, 
but also creates the optimal shopping experience for your for your retailers. You mentioned inventory. You've got to have the right inventory on the shelves. It's no point going to your local store and finding your product you've driven all the way there and to get or cycled or, or walked to get is not on the shelf. That's the most frustrating thing. So getting your inventory right is super important. And the supply chain challenges of today, um, you know, with labor shortages, energy costs, geopolitical issues, and you know, all those other factors that we will read about, AI is a great way of looking at how you can optimize those inventory levels and make sure your supply chain efficiencies uh, are minimally impacted by all of these additional pieces. And so, so many different uses, um, and I know we don't have an awful lot of time today, but if I was to summarize it, I would say in the online world, where, where retailers are interacting with with the shopper through a mobile phone or through a website um, or, th- or through some, some other kind of app. They know an awful lot about the shopper and they can curate the experience in a great way. You go into the store environment, unfortunately, they know very little about that shopper. They know, may know what you've purchased. They may know how many people visit the store. They may know the inventory levels, but they really find it difficult to create that personalized um, shopping experience. And I think that's what retailers are looking Well, I know that's what retailers are looking at AI to help improve that overall experience for their shoppers when they visit their stores and environments. One of the things that's so interesting about the introduction of edge computing in areas such as retail is we we talked a lot about moving everything to the cloud, but the use cases that you were just discussing, a lot of them require uh, the possibility of real-time streaming analytics, which makes much more sense to have processed at the edge. Uh, retailers talk a lot about computer vision and how that might assist in trying to figure out if there are things like stockouts that they need to deal with or how to redo uh, flows in a store to uh, increase footfall, to make certain displays more attractive. And all of those are great examples of how AI and edge come together to deliver from a technology standpoint what you were just talking about. And I know we've talked about retail and I know we've uh, talked about uh, financial services, but I don't want to forget about how AI, IoT, and Edge happen in the hospitality industry. I did. Joe found a research study that said uh, 62% of customers cited convenience as the number one reason for uh, choosing a restaurant. And in a hotel study, 78% claimed they will only engage with uh, personalized offers. So from this standpoint, maybe we could spend a minute talking about how AI and Edge help the hospitality industry differentiate themselves. Yeah, and I, I think just before I, I dig into that a little bit, I just wanted to underline what you were just saying there. You know, I've worked in this industry, these industries, and you were very polite to just mention two my two most recent companies, but I've worked in this space for 30 years. And the very first interaction I had with a the customer, they told me, David, we want to get technology out of our store. And over those 30 years, all I've seen is People put more technology in their store, in their bank, in their hotel, in their restaurant, for many of the reasons you've just described, because they want to provide better services. And the way to do that is through that technology at the edge. And with the introduction of computer vision, that's that's driving the need for even more, more compute than I've ever seen in my 30 years is required to do those types of workloads, which are super important if they're going to really leverage this technology that we're talking about. So coming back to quick service restaurants and hotels, I would say 
you know, in the hospitality space, we think about three different spaces, the quick service restaurant, which is all about convenience and scale of operation. Um, so as you say, uh, is the quick service restaurant close to me or will they deliver uh, the products to me quickly? Uh, clearly, if, if it's a cooked product, it has to arrive, uh, you know, still in, in shape for me to eat. Uh, look at AI. There's a couple of areas where we're seeing people look at AI at, that, at the edge um, in terms of use of that technology. One is an area around kitchen safety. You know, more and more people are concerned about how their products are made. What's the position of the, of the kitchen? Are the staff doing the right thing? And the people who operate those chains really want to make sure that they don't fall foul of any kind of health and safety or any kind of concerns from the, sh- uh, the, the, the shoppers that, you know, the burger or whatever it is that they're cooking for the person is, is provided to them in the best possible way. So health and safety and kitchen safety is one of those big areas for AI to be used. And more and more, by the way, that's bleeding into sustainability. So are we reducing waste? Are we making making sure that the the way we produce and the amount we produce is minimizing that wastage so that we, we maintain uh, our sustainability issues and goals? And then the other piece is around um, the drive-through and the pickup experience or the delivery experience. So the use of AI to optimize routes, and to, to find people in various locations, or where's that person parked or in the restaurant they ordered through a self-service um, kiosk, where are they seated? There's loads of different use cases where AI and computer vision can really help uh, both the, the, uh, the person visiting the restaurant, but also uh, the restaurateur. And then moving to, I'll, I'll skip on entertainment because if, as soon as you start to get into large venues and you know uh, theme parks, um, it really moves in towards operational efficiency for the theme park or the the entertainment venue um, operator, but also really understanding that customer, which we've talked a little bit about in the retail and the banking space, but understanding the entertainment journey that you're undertaking and how to optimize that and create the most compelling experiences is really where those guys are focused. And as you say, in the hotel, yes, there's the discount side to it, but I think there's a loyalty side to it as well. Uh, You know, I, as a business uh, traveler and business travel you know, is coming back is super important for the hotel industry and providing the right level of service to those business as well as the um, you know the guest who is is on a an entertainment journey as opposed to a business journey and providing that loyalty and providing the uh, speed of check-in speed of checkout um, is the room configured in the right way is it in the right location? Um, let's make sure it's it's configured in the right way for that person in advance of them arriving there. All of those things, um, AI has um, uh, a way, or is, is a very useful tool for both discovering at scale what it is that you need to do and then optimizing those environments for those people um, in that area. So covered a lot of ground there, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that, was, uh, that was clear. That was awesome. Um, well, we, you know, you gave us lots of great things that we're going to be seeing um, in, in terms of AI and edge and retail, banking and hospitality in the next year, two, three years. Um, if you had to say one prediction for 2023, what would it be? Okay, so I think... 
So that's, wow, I wish I had a crystal ball. It's not going to be COVID-20. <laughs> it's not going to be COVID-23, I hope. I hope. Um, so I think what, what we're seeing is there's a couple of things where, um, and we've talked about it a lot, you know, understanding more about that customer journey at scale is a key problem that all of these businesses are trying to crack. And so the use of computer vision in solving those problems and the way to instrument at scale is one of the biggest problems. So, you know, you can't put um, uh, tens, 15, 20, 100 cameras in these um, remote locations over a 1,000 locations. So what we're seeing is people go into the trial stage where they are instrumenting key locations and trying to learn from that and scale. I think over time, they will be able to deploy large amounts of cameras in these uh, locations and the compute to support those large amount of cameras will become down to a, a cost point where really that will change the nature. I don't think it's going to be 2023 and it's going to be a little further out than that. But I will, I do think that computer vision is the space where people are moving out of experimentation, moving towards small scale deployments to really drive some of that insight and understand what that technology would be. And then from the flip side of it, um, if you look at what all of these businesses are trying to do, we're using this term, which we've stolen from our friends in manufacturing, is build a digital twin of these environments. I think once they have that digital twin, once they have a digital representation of these physical locations, that's not just uh, an academic recommend uh, uh, twin, but is actually an actual twin that's informed by data that's coming from these remote locations. They will be able to move more towards predicting what's going to happen in these locations and then obviously go on that journey from prediction uh, and right the way through to automation. And I think um, that's that's the other piece that I would say is top of mind for all of these businesses that is that kind of digital twin representation of these physical environments. That's pretty cool. Um, we always end the podcast with another tradition, and that's going to be sharing a fun fact. Okay. What fun fact, fact could you share with us? Wow. Okay. One, only, I'm only allowed one, am I? Okay. Yeah, um, just one. So here's my fun fact. So, um, and I tested this on my daughter earlier, and, and she laughed. So I thought, okay, that's good. So you may not know this. But Google search, everyone uses Google search. Even as an ex-Microsoft guy, I use Google search. If you type askew, A-S-K-E-W, in Google search, the page that will come back to you will be tilted very slightly at 15 degrees off the normal, which I thought was quite a fun thing to do. So everyone who's listening to the podcast can go away and try that now. Just type askew into Google search, and you'll see all the text go askew. How's that? You know I'm going to do that as soon as we finish the podcast, right? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's great. Well, you've been lovely. Thank you so much for all the great insight that you shared. I was kind of taking notes. Um, so thoughtful. And uh, we really appreciate you taking time with us. No, my pleasure. Really, really great to uh, have a conversation and, uh, and, and great, uh, yeah, great sharing. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe so you can easily find us again. Follow us on Twitter at Maribel Lopez and at Digital Cloud Gal and on LinkedIn. Links to our social profiles, show notes, and ways to listen to the podcast 
can be found at elevatetheedge.com. <laughs>